Where else can you go to not only find the information on how to train your dog, but the best deals on training equipment as well? Standing Stone Supply has everything you need to create that next versatile champion from DT system electronics down to even emergency med kits to take with you on your hunting trips. If you need some help with your training program, then their step-by-step online course might be a great fit for you, making it a convenient one-stop shop for the knowledge as well as the gear to take your training to the next level. Hit up standingstonesupply.com and promo code GDIY will save you 10%. Being an upland hunter in the south nowadays unfortunately means a lot of travel to try and find birds for my dogs. This means it's even more important that my map scouting is reliable to justify the effort. This is where Onyx comes in. I can honestly say that Onyx directly impacts the level of success I find on my trips. Whether it's the private versus public land boundaries, the expanding number of unique layers and features by state, or the 3D mapping capabilities, my initial step in planning my hunting trip starts with Onyx. To know where you're going, you have to first know where you stand. Check out Onyx Hunt Maps and use code G. DIY20 at checkout to save 20%. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. If you can set up the most realistic hunting scenario that you possibly can and let the bird teach the dog with as little interjection from you and then mold that later on with obedience to whatever level of steadiness that you want, that's what we're after. If you're currently in the market for a kennel, then be sure to check out Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels is the only kennel that's five-star crash rated from the Center for Pet Safety. The double-wall rotor-molded construction ensures it holds up in all types of weather and conditions. Also, Gunner Kennels has a lifetime warranty. These kennels are built to last a lifetime, and Gunner stands behind that. Gunner also has all the accessories you could need, from fan kits to keep them cool, performance and orthopedic pads to help keep them comfortable and ready to go after long travels, and even tie-down straps to help ensure there's no worries for the kennel moving or sliding around. So if you need man's best kennel for man's best friend, head on over to gundogityourself.com and click on the Gunner link. Be sure to purchase your kennel, accessories, and even gift cards for holidays and birthdays through our link, and it will go a long way in helping out the podcast. Welcome back to another week of GDIY. This week's episode is a little bit different than what we've been doing here recently. It's really just kind of a BS session between me and Adam checking in and and kind of describing what we've been up to and and our plans for this fall. We haven't really done an episode just us BSing since really New Year's. So we figured just kind of take a break from all the uh, guests and great topics that we've been having here lately. And, you know, this may not be for everybody. They may not care at all what we've been up to, but we we thought it'd be worth uh, talking about what we have going on our end with our dogs and what we've been working on. Yeah, it was a BS session with purpose behind it. So we, <laughs> we did talk about, uh, we did have some purpose in there. So if you're like, oh, I don't want to listen to these guys BS. <laughs> There's some good stuff in there. I throw out some pretty strong opinions <laughs> about things that'll make people 
question my thought process, but <laughs> hey, whatever. Send but, us a message on social media and, you know, question away. Send us an email. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's how anybody learns is really talking to other people. And, and really, that's kind of what this episode is. I mean, you just kind of hashing stuff out, stuff that we we have going on our end, really listening to it back. The the good portion of the episode is really talking about Lucy and, and some of her questionable pointing instinct on pen raised birds and planted birds and and we just kinda why we think that may have come up, what I'm doing to resolve it and work on it. And there's a lot of a lot of thought process behind, you know, intensity on point and we've talked about it with a a number of people from norm and pete and and other trainers that know a heck of a lot more about it than us and and it's it's kind of all over the place it's kind of fun not having an issue but having an issue that you can overcome and become a better trainer i guess for sure no it's good uh we spent a lot of time talking about lucy and all that stuff and then uh you know moved on to a few other topics but i enjoyed it yeah, well, I mean, you know, Joe, our sound producer, even made a rare appearance on the podcast. He hops in there a couple times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so so it's really interesting. You know, it, somebody listening to this might be like, what the heck are they talking about when we're talking about Lucy and everything? But, hey, you know, what the feedback we get on this podcast is they enjoy the honesty, whether it's good, bad, everything in between. Multiple opinions and thoughts and methods go into – everything that we talk about because we're of the the mind that one training method doesn't fit all dogs. Yep. And, and that's how you learn is hearing different opinions and things that uh, obviously work for people. Yeah. Um, taking those things and figuring out what works for you and your dog. So well, I you're going to hear some of those opinions. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's kind of like the opinions you're going to hear on Lucy right now. You know, I was talking to Norm the other day. He has an opinion on what caused Lucy, Lucy's, uh, issue and then pete has his own opinion pete has a really good video i think that really shows and incorporates dogs that have the same hurdles that lucy has right now and i'm actually going to put that link up on our social media post so if you're listening to this and you know you're curious kind of to see what we're talking about you know check out our social media post i'm going to have a link on pete's video just kind of showing a dog that's intense on wild game birds and then maybe lackadaisical and confident just kind of flagging uh, sum it up not as intense on pen raised birds it's kind of interesting yeah yeah it is uh well we don't want to give too much of that stuff away <laughs> we talk about it a lot in the episode so yeah enough on that uh talk speaking about social media though Follow us, like us. How's that stuff work, Nick? <laughs> Just search Gundog it yourself <laughs> on Facebook and Instagram. You can tell Adam's still new to the social media game, so uh, he's catching yep. up. But, hey, glad to see you're branching out. And Yeah, man. <laughs> it's the thumbs up button. You click that one. Uh, it's a little heart button on Instagram. That's the yep. one you click there. And then uh, th- there's another button called share. That yeah. helps us out a lot. You can share that. And then you can, <laughs> you can send it like to someone just in your messenger or you can share it to your whole story. It's pretty cool. <laughs> you guys should try that. You yeah. know what else you should try? Going to Patreon, giving us like a dollar or five. And you're on fire today. Dude, I'm on fire. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, Gundog It Yourself. Uh, direct email is gundogityourself at gmail.com. Check us out on Patreon. Hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you enjoy listening. Uh, hope you enjoy this episode. I- 
something a little different and you know change up the pace a little bit and next week we'll be back with another great guest and more specific topic but uh we kind of cover a whole lot of ground on this episode so i hope you guys enjoy it and let us know what you think yeah thanks to everyone for listening thanks for the support you guys are giving us and we'll see you next week do you have trouble physically making it through long hunts is your dog always giving you that angry look telling you to keep up train your dog but now it's time to train yourself Rocky Mountain Hunt Strong is the company for any hunter that is looking for an effective fitness routine to get healthier and be able to hunt longer and harder. This company has merged fitness and the passion of hunting to help people like you and me continue to do what we love. From the Rockies to the Smokies and every field or prairie in between, this company can get you ready to go longer, cover more ground, and recover quicker. Go to RockyMountainHuntStrong.com and see their program for yourself. Use the discount code GDIY to save 15% and get to work. Train harder, hunt stronger, and recover faster. All right, Adam, we turned it on. We don't really have anything specific to talk about tonight. I got a whole list of stuff we're going to talk about. Yeah? Yeah, kind of. What are we talking about? Well, we're going to talk about Lucy and uh, the training you've been doing with her. Uh, We started using some pheasants due to lack of bird availability. So we're going to talk about training with pheasants. Uh, line drills. We were talking about line. We started to talk about line drills earlier when we were training. I'm like, let's just stop talking because we need to record this and it'll be a, a real conversation rather than have the conversation and then hit record and have to do it again. Yep. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, fall trip, where we're going this fall. All right. And anything. Yeah, anything else that pops up, man. So you had a lot more stuff to talk about than what I did coming into this. Yeah, I I got nothing. So we we figured it's been a been a hot minute since we've just kind of talked about what's going on in our lives. You may not have any interest in it, but we do get a fair amount of questions. Hey, what are you training for? What are you What are your plans now that the virus has hit? Uh, Where are you going this fall? And so uh, we really hadn't done a just a check in episode since really the New Year's. Uh, episode that we did way back when and heck we're halfway to hunt season uh, hunt season's what four months away four or five months depending on where you're at and yep so it's coming in hot and figured okay let's just have a little bs session and and talk about what we normally talk about anyway bs session with a purpose so we do have a little bit of an agenda but uh <laughs> apparently now i oh, didn't yeah. <laughs> I, yeah it's like my jazz flute right like i'm totally unprepared yeah. for this Joe just looked at me because I've referenced the jazz flute like four times in the past week, I think. Uh, maybe we can get Joe on this episode here in a little bit. He hadn't been on since the Wisconsin recap. Yeah, we'll bring him on. Joe, what do you think about line drills? Uh, they're good. <laughs> they're good. <laughs> As you can tell, Joe's our uh, our sound guru and, and producer. He, he doesn't do much on the dog training front, but he hunts. And with he his doesn't need to train his dog. <laughs> yeah, my dog was born good, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's exactly right. All right, Joe, you go back in the corner. We'll get to you later. <laughs> Stop grabbing my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, Nick, start off. Uh, tell us what you've been doing with Lucy. And we've touched on it a little bit with the pointing and everything. Yeah. Take it from the top. So people that have listened to the previous episodes that they already know and people that are just coming in, Lucy, she... Uh, she's kind of a wonder dog on a, on a lot of things and, and kind of an overachiever for as young as she was. But 
there was a uh, she had kind of a questionable staunchness on point with planted birds. It's uh, doesn't apply to wild birds, which is kind of unique and a little strange. You know, wild birds she locks up and good to go. So at the end of the day, I, I'm happy with that. I have a dog that'll hunt wild birds. But when it comes to NAVDA testing or, or just training in general, she she's real – we've talked about it a million times just between me and you. It's hard to define kind of the issue. And uh, so we've really backtracked with her training. We've, we've kind of taken eight steps back to go forward, and, and I've taken all kind of requirements and, and expectations out of her when it comes to training in the field and it's just about building up that drive that confidence and and it's it's slowly resulting in better points you've seen it her her range and everything is just improving every single week and and you know she wasn't ever necessarily a bootlicker uh her her flaw if you want to call it that was really just staunchness on point when it came to planted birds right and you know we've we've spitballed it a million times over a million different beers just trying to figure out consistency what is it is it human sin is yep just is it training in the same field too much you know these dogs get Mm -hmm. used to training in the same exact location they kind of know the game i mean we've seen some some people's dogs that the people put three birds down every single time in the every single right. field and it's like they'll hit the third bird and you look up and they're already back at the truck because they know that the session's over yep or and the dog goes out and checks all the the, <laughs> the same, same spots, spots where you always yeah. plant the birds and, and and so we've done a little bit of everything we, we've kind of taken you know we've we've changed fields we've changed locations we've changed birds we've used launchers we've planted really light it's just like we've tried a whole bunch of different stuff just kind of try and nail down exactly what's setting her off and, and it's and it seems like it, it's slowly taking hold and and her points are slowly getting better on planted birds but it, i mean it, it's funny you know you you take her out hunting or just you go for a fun run what i call it to where you don't have any birds planted but you're going out there and she comes across a woodcock or a quail she'll lock up but just in the training field it's just not there and if you're going to yeah. test then obviously you need that and it's just it's just interesting and we've over analyzed this situation like you said i don't know how many times we've finished training and been at the tailgate talking about it or just having a beer and trying to figure it out and the thing that we always go back to is confidence because the two things that you're calling, you know, a a fault or whatever is like her pointing and where she's staunch on, on wild birds, she's not staunch on Penry's birds. And then for a while she would come back to you and check in, which is a great thing. Like I I want a dog to check in, you know, I I want the dog to be close and work with me, but she would check in and like walk at your heel and a number of times you'd look over at me and be like, dude, I don't know what she's, why is she doing this? So we kind of, and it's only on the training field and right. And, and a lot of what we did, and, and this is just me being perfectly honest, you know, it's a gut check time. It's, it's one of those situations you go back and because she was knocking out everything so quick at a young age, it was just like, Hey, she's ready to go on steadiness. Let's do it. And so uh, we've talked about it. It may have been I put too much on on her too fast. 
just because she was showing that I could take the next step. Maybe I necessarily shouldn't have. And like I said, at the end of the day, my main goal is to hunt with my dogs and I get the point and what I need out of her hunting on wild birds. So at the end of the day, I'm pleased with that, but just doing the testing in the off season training, you know, stuff like that. We're just trying to bring that same quality that she has on wild birds and hunting to the training field. And and I think, you know, I wasn't necessarily harsher or overpressured her when training steadiness, but I think just doing it at such a young age, now we're going back and like, hey, just go out and do you and no pressure, have fun, build that confidence. Yeah, and I think so, we're seeing it translate. So before we get into what you're doing to like remedy the whole situation, first of all, it takes a lot to admit I've done something wrong. Like, especially with dog training, but we all know best. That's, I mean, in life, you know, it just takes a lot to go. Here's a mistake I made. And then on a podcast to go, yep, let me share it with the world. I mean, well, I mean, the whole world doesn't listen to us, but you know, whoever wants to listen to this next going, Hey, I, I screwed this up and I'm going to share this. So yeah. everyone else can, can learn from my mistakes. I mean, we've said it a bunch. We want to share our failures and let other people learn from them. So, you were saying it's not like I was too harsh on her. So I'm agreeing with everything so far. But when you're like, I'm not too harsh on her from your perspective, not too harsh on her. Yeah. But from her, some something well, very simple can be coming across as right. too and, much pressure. And so what I'm calling too harsh is wearing out the e-collar, putting too much pressure on her and corrections. Right. But even though I didn't, it didn't take a lot of pressure to study her up. I mean, you saw her, it was literally, I wasn't planning on doing UT or anything with her last year. It just kind of worked out that way because we're working on it. And it was, just, she just naturally on her own became steady through the shot. And I'm like, well, it's one step away from study to, to fall. Let's do right. that. Yep. And so I was, you know, it, it's kind of like I was training at a two or three year old level instead of a one year old level. And, and I think a lot of dogs can take that. And I think just, just applying the structure and expectations and repetitions mm -hmm. at, at that young of an age ultimately produce this issue. Um, but again, this is just a spitball and it could be completely different, but you've seen it over the past couple months, kind of taking that, the reins back using the launchers as soon as she catches uh scent launching it right um you know just just a lot of that stuff and, and it's she's not checking in as much yeah training. that's trained that's changed yeah big time and, and she's sometimes the furthest dog out yep. you know if we start out a training session we're run three or four dogs together just for exercise and get the jitters out she's like the furthest yeah. dog out there yeah. sometimes and 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 it's interesting because it's the the reason why i'm thinking this is what it is and it was it was a handler caused issue instead of a genetic because we've talked about it you know i think a lot of people instead of being honest with themselves and questioning how they did something they automatically apply it to genetics genetics are a huge piece for for dogs obviously but i think yeah. that a lot of people, instead of admitting that their mistakes and their faults, will just apply every issue to genetics. Uh, the dog doesn't have it. Sometimes that's true. Yeah, I've but, heard uh, people say that. But yeah. other times, the, the reason why I wasn't contributing this, this fault 
to genetics was what what's different on wild birds you know yeah. you take the human scent out of it whatever i don't care what anybody says these dogs know the difference between a training field Absolutely. and a hunting field and in hunting i wasn't applying the structure i wasn't you know correcting her on every single thing she the birds taught her and so it was just she learned at the at her own pace by the bird mm-hmm. in the training field she was learning by me it's it's kind of like what pete advises everybody you know obedient the point stops when you go to flush and then it turns into obedience yeah and i and, and i want to hit on that real quick because i see a lot of people and i've been guilty of this too i was watching a video of myself a couple of weeks ago because I was talking about this point and I'm like, let me go back and see if I'm, I'm guilty of this. And I was guilty of it, but you have a young dog out there that's just genetically programmed to point. It just goes on point. It yeah. doesn't know why it smells the bird and it stops <laughs> and it's freeze. It's like the most beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, it just happens. Well, then we step in as a handler and go, Whoa. <laughs> okay. Does your dog know? Whoa. Yeah. Sure. Doesn't maybe yep. you've been woven it at the food bowl like this, what makes this, you think it's so you're stop? talking about a, a young puppy that hasn't right. even been trained whoa but the people are already going whoa and at whoa. the time i thought i'm gonna be planting a seed you know we talk about planting seeds during mm-hmm. training i'm like let me go ahead and plant this seed for steadiness later i'll start saying whoa when he's on birds now that i've gone through that process of of doing the steadiness and everything i'm like yeah that makes no sense i'm just I'm literally interrupting a moment between the a, dog and the bird, the dog and the bird. And I'm taking an already unnatural thing because it's a pen raised bird and I'm making it more unnatural by going in and saying, Whoa, yeah. if I were to have a check cord on the dog, it makes it even more unnatural because, you know, we did a social media post about this recently about check cords and you get a <laughs> lot of different mental, uh, different opinions, but my opinion is that with a check cord attached to the dog, you know, people think they can grab the 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 user end of that thing and like reel up to the dog slowly without affecting it. The dog can feel it. Yeah. So you've again interrupted the moment between a bird natural and dog. moment, and and then the other thing that people do is go up and like pet their dog and and stroke its tail and do all this style stuff. it up. You're I understand the theory on it. And again, there's people out there that are like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. For me, I want to just let it be natural. A dog and a bird. Yes. And that, that's, so talking to And all, then I'll, put, I'll apply pressure later. The reason I bring all that yeah. up is just with Lucy and pointing and like, even though you didn't put harsh pressure on her, any type of it pressure. It was a supplying structure. And, yeah. And it took the nat- natural side out of it almost at too young of an age, I think. And the what I go back to is I, I'm going to pick on you here for a second. Go ahead. There's a number of episodes back that uh, you, like everybody else, you get your dog, you start training your dog, and then you do the natural ability test. And then I think it was Ken came up to you and said, now you actually have to start training your dog. That's right. And it was kind of a gut check moment for you. I (laughs) thought I was training my dog. (laughs) Nope. People's natural instinct is to get these dogs and they feel like they have to interject on everything from the first moment they're in the field. It's like, how many times have you heard, do not let your dog catch a bird? 
it cannot catch a bird. Yeah, and it's if like it catches a bird, it's it's don't make a big deal. It's over. not a big deal. Yeah, and, and you're taking by interjecting yourself in every step of the process because you want to feel like you're doing something. I'm training mm-hmm. this dog. That's right. What's the most common thing you hear from the best trainers out there that we've known, talked to, or read about? They let the dog be the dog, and yeah. and you're just kind of applying a little bit of consistency and control over time. You dog training at its core is encourage the good and ignore the bad or discourage the bad. And there's, you know, it's it's such a common thing because people want to be involved in developing their yeah. dog. And it starts to, once you understand it, you're like, oh, I get it when they say the best dog training tool is a piece of duct tape to put over my mouth, (laughs) you know, Um, or when, when a guy says, when I'm asking, hey, what else can I do with my dog? And they say, let it be a puppy. Yeah. Well, there's a bunch of things you can still do, but it doesn't involve pressure and a check cord on a dog, in my opinion, is pressure. It doesn't involve interrupting the the moment between yeah. bird and dog you know and it's what can it's, you work on though like riding it, in the truck well, staying in the kennel and be happy we've, we've not peeing in the house there's plenty to work on we've said it ourselves is in a training environment you want control over the entire scenario right people have a hard time distinguishing how much is to control though like you you keep bringing up the check cord and, and i agree 90 percent of what you're saying yeah. with the check cord. You know, you're you're more of the don't use a check cord at all. Yep. I, I have one in my truck. Yeah. I just yeah. this is on I've birds. I've never used it. Yeah. 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 This is on birds. So we're talking specifically on birds. A check cord for certain basic obedience, you know, it's a good tool. Sure. But, but training in the field on birds, you lean towards don't ever use a check cord. Um I agree with that ninety percent. There are some dogs that I have seen that it's just you know, if your dog is two years old and still crat, it's like, okay, we, we got to do something with it. There's certain dogs in certain situations that that tool is good. I think it's overutilized and people could say the same about e-collars. Exactly. And, And that's true with all tools, but it's what I found getting into this world is I thought when I first got into it, I had to train everything. You know, you go back to the right. person thinks they have to train their dog to point. You know, <laughs> what am I doing right now? I'm trying to train my dog to point. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But by not doing anything. And so a lot of people just interject themselves. And it's if you can set up the most realistic hunting scenario that you possibly can and let the bird teach the dog with as little interjection from you and then mold that later on with obedience to whatever level of steadiness that you want, that's what we're after. And it's all these, the the better trainers than us, the guys that, you know, been doing it for years and t- put their hands on thousands of dogs, it, all of them are the same, you know, less pressure. Yeah. Well, not all of them, but the sure. majority no, of them is a, less No, there's a common theme it's, there, yeah. It's a more common interaction with the bird, and that's what they use with these dogs. And so it's just in my six, seven years, however long I've been doing this, you know, I've learned that 
the majority of it is take a step back and yep. get out of that scenario. The dog is going to learn itself and then you're just kind of molding it. You're not, you don't have to train every single step of the process. And yep. I hope this isn't confusing everybody. No. And that's, let me, let me clarify real quick. So you talk a lot about, you don't have to train a dog to point. And basically that's what you ended up doing with Lucy, whether that was your intention or not, but you did some things that were like training her to point basically yeah, by not training. <laughs> and, and, well, but you were doing things that were applying with pressures, yeah, with They're, uh, launchers. Like initially, you know, whether it was a check cord or you know saying whoa and things like that. Yeah, I used I used a check cord twice with yeah. her when she was at a young age, and and she hit it. And then honestly, that this issue did not start until I took the next level of going steady, steady to release just because she showed that I could do it. Yeah. So and there was a short time in there from where, like you said before that she was, it took her a while to start pointing and you just like, let that happen naturally yep. and waited till she was 10, 11, 12 months old, something like that until it was like, okay, she's got it. She's pointing. Yeah. She started showing point at seven or eight months old. Then we NA tested her 10 months old. Okay. And then, and then you did utility at like, 16 months or the day we ran the test she was 18 months okay so a year and a half okay and so she literally did na and ut you know separated by just nine ten months right so the i guess the point i'm trying to make not to come at you but just to like paint the picture for everyone mm -hmm. is shortly after her naturally coming on to like pointing naturally yeah. you know it, it took you talk about like pointers and setters come out of the box and they're pointing yeah and that doesn't happen with all breeds so it yeah. took her a few months to like get the hang of it and start pointing and then shortly after that you were putting pressure on her for steadiness to get her ready for yep. ut and some of it because she was doing it anyways yeah so I, you I should have just let I'm it not, go. I'm not pointing my finger at you. I'm I'm just painting the picture that there was a small, there were a few months in there where she was basically like, oh, I figured out pointing and didn't have a whole, a whole bunch of opportunities yep. to just go point and point and point yeah. before it was like, boom, you're doing steadiness. Right. So that's when you started like basically getting involved in her pointing. Yeah. And now you're going back and... And now I want to yep. talk specifically about your training methods now, but like you're basically going, okay, like run in the field, have fun. If you crash in on a bird and it flies away, fine. If you point a bird, fine, you yeah. know, whatever. And that's like, you're taking you're her back right. to what you were yeah. doing when she was seven months exactly. old. And, and, it, and that's right. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And, and so, you know, me, when I have an issue with the dog or a hurdle, Let's say I'm not your typical person that automatically points the finger at something else. I don't point it at the, you know, genetics. I don't point it at, you know, someone else's advice. I don't do anything. I, I'm kind of that guy that when, whenever you point a finger at somebody, you have three other fingers pointing right back at right. you. I'm going to ask myself, what am I doing wrong that I can do better? And so that's kind of where we're at now. We're addressing what I think was a shortcoming of my training and how I, I just pushed her too quick. 
And she still passed the utility test. I mean, we're oh, still yeah. talking. Close she, to 200. I mean, yeah, she was a, she about bar- as high prize, too, as you can get. Yeah. It, it, she had a very high prize, too. So it's not like she failed. No. We're, and <laughs> we're so nitpicking. She, yeah. She just got a three. And the only thing that kept her from going to uh, getting that prize one was pointing. Yep. And, and at yep. the end of the day, again, like I said, all I care about ultimately is hunting birds. And she'll do that wild birds. So at the end of the day, I'm good. Sure. It's not like, you know. Uh, well, we got to go put her down or sell her. <laughs> no. Uh, but no, it, it's. So what's your, what are you doing now? And so, what's your goal? So we started with the launchers as soon as she picked up scent, launched the bird off. And that's, hey, as soon as you smell this training bird, you've got a freeze or you're, it's flying off. And so we did that for, what, a month or two. And uh, it, it was showing good results it, slowly and surely. And then past couple weeks we've gone away from the launcher so much not not by choice but because honestly we haven't had the birds we have launchers that'll fit chucker and quill and pigeons but the bird contacts that we have around here for whatever reason it's a tough time of year to get birds they've only had pheasants and our launchers can't handle pheasants so we've been using them and honestly that's kind of helped her because they're running yep. and they're good flyers. So they're not getting caught and we're planning them super light so that they can't get caught, which is an art form, by the way, it is, you know, <laughs> you don't automatically put the birds all the way to sleep depending on the situation. And, and so we've seen over the past couple of weeks, her pointing is getting stronger and stronger. She's freezing instead of hitting it and kind of circling around or looking back at me like, yep. You know, and that's what it was, and that's what, you know, it was a big red flag saying, what did you do to this dog? Because she would hit the point, then look back at me like, am I doing it right? Yeah. And so we took the reins off of her and, and took took the control off of her and just let her be a bird dog. And it's and it's coming through slowly but surely. Yep, yep. And I think she'll get there, man. She's, she's an amazing dog. And, you know, we were talking about it one day, and – and uh, you were like, you know, I'm not sure if it's genetic or if it's me. And you you didn't like come out and ask me my thought, but you said that. And then you just kind of looked at me and I was like, well, Nick, I guess either way I'm going to offend you <laughs> because I'm either going to say your dog has bad genetics or you're a lousy trainer. Yep. Uh, but the good news is I, I think your dog has good genetics and I think you <laughs> screwed this up. So, <laughs> hey, it's, it's all good. And, and I wish that more people could have this conversation honestly because it's like a lot of people are probably listening to this rolling their eyes like i can't believe he's talking about the shortcomings of his dog well guys if you're not honest with yourself you're never going to get better and you're never going to be able to to i mean you're not only getting better with the dog that you have right now but you're getting better for the dogs that you're going to train in the future and also helping other people you know it's i have a short hair in my lineup that you know rock solid trembling point like beautiful just as soon as she slams it just wow oh my god you know she, i've seen her yep slam, out of the box yeah i mean I, i've seen her slam on a point to where she flipped you know she's running slams on a point and she ends up flipping over herself <laughs> but uh you know it's it every dog's different it's a different dog and, man yeah and it's a it, different dog so yeah, I mean that's where we're at with her. We just spent you know half yeah. the episode talking yeah, about her. I mean, you know what I was gonna say. <laughs> Everybody loves Lucy. She's just like the most enthusiastic dog all the time. 
if she could smile, she'd be smiling all the time. She's just got a good attitude. It <laughs> yep. seems like enthusiasm is pretty much her name. So we're talking about pheasants. The the short story is everyone's out of birds for one reason or the other, except for one guy that's got some pheasants <laughs> and he's like, yep, I'll sell you a few more pheasants. And, and we got like the last batch of pheasants the other day. And he said, I got to keep the rest for breeders, but yep. we got these pheasants. I called Nick and said, Hey, he's only got pheasants. What do you think? And he's like, yeah, let's go for it. We'll see what happens. That's all we got. Let's make it work. So we got these pheasants went down to Norm's place and we're training and had a good time basically dizzying these things, putting them to sleep. <laughs> and we we're, we put them to sleep too much at first. And then we figured out that we needed to just plant them similar to the way we plant chucker, like, you know, yeah. hold their feet and just kind of shake them and let them flap out. But a little extra cause they're a little, a little stronger hardy. bird. So, yeah. uh, but you know, we're for what we're both trying to accomplish right now with you working on all that, that we just talked about with mm-hmm. Lucy, um, it's turned out to be a good bird to train with. So we've always been like, nope, we want chucker or we want pigeons and launchers, you know, and then it's like, ah, if we can't get that, I guess quail. we'll use quail, yeah. but we don't really want to because if they get wet, they just don't fly good. And, you know, pheasants, I mean, the only reason I've ever gotten pheasants was to work on tracking yep. for, to prep for an NA test. So it was a nice change. So it would it worked out really well for you. And then for me, working on steadiness with Mitch, uh, you know, we've been talking about tethering a bird out so that it'll like flap and run around and, and then all you that. have this bird over here, the the green pterodactyl that'll just right. run on its own. So the pheasant just does that anyway. So the other day this bird pops up, Mitchell's staring at this thing and it kind of starts running, but it's it ran away from like the thick cover. And I'm just looking at him like, oh, he's going to break. But he stayed steady through it. And I'm like, yeah, we need to, I need to add this, you know, into my notebook <laughs> of when it's time to really test a dog on steadiness, Doesn't use pheasants. Um, Cause, and then they do run. We saw Jacob's dog yep. point and then put a really nice track on the bird oh, and yeah. point again. I mean, he tracked that bird, what, 40, 50 yards? Yeah, like that. 40 yards. And it was just, you know, it was awesome to, we all just stood back and like, let the dog figure it out. And I'm like, yeah, I planted the bird right there. Must've flown away. And, <laughs> and then sure enough, that dog was just back and forth, back and forth and picked up scent and trailed that thing for yep. about 40 yards. Um, it was a I, nice change, man. I, yeah. I, you know, at first we're but like, your well, dog's got to be ready for it. I think. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you're talking about a dog is just figuring out how to point and everything, then it, it may not be the right choice for you. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, if that's all you got, that's all you've got. And that's kind of the position we're in. Well, I guess we'll use pheasant. And, yeah. and we did. And, you know, it's pheasants aren't as easy to to plant. They're not as cheap as the other birds. They don't <laughs> fit in the wingers as get well as the other birds. But it, They it, don't fit in the launchers, period. But, but and it, they're it more out, expensive. And yeah. they're harder to transport. Yeah. And so, they're just, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it turned out to be a nice little lesson. And it's just something different. You get and, more meat off the bird. Yeah, the day, absolutely. So, so That's a plus. But, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. And it's it gave you opportunity to yeah with the running bird and still work steadiness and yep and it, it kind of created a more realistic hunting scenario especially for rachel you know rachel's 
you know, she's six, seven years old and she's already been utility tested. And so it's okay. What are you working on right now? We're just fine tuning it as you, yeah. we're literally coming up with challenges for her in the field now, you know, whether it's brace mates and, and really working honoring, uh, making just harder planning scenarios, making it harder sending con- conditions. Literally we're, we're trying to make it harder for her. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's after the first few dogs, a few pheasants that got away, you know, didn't get shot or, or flushed, um, to where we didn't want to shoot. The dog didn't act right. It got in the woods. And so we were able to take Rachel in the woods and hunt pheasant in the woods. Yeah. It was like actually hunting too. Yeah. So it it was, it was different. I enjoyed it. And yeah. Not to say that I'm just going to primarily do pheasant now, no, but it is but definitely got a nice, their place, I think. nice little different change up for it. But yep. so with this all all this virus stuff, and you're still working steadiness. I know uh, back on the New Year's episode, you know your whole plan this year was to test Mitch. Where, yeah. where are you at on on that? This virus kind of throwing well, everybody for a loop with yeah with no birds and no training days and stuff like that. So what's your plan with that? So like I've said a few times on different episodes, I, I have a tendency to, you know, set a goal and then it's like how fast can I get to that goal and knock it out, which is good for some things, but it's not a good way to go at dog training because really the more steps you take to get to your end goal, the better product you have. Yeah. So you know, man, after the NA test, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Let, let's, let's do utility soon. Right. And someone talked some sense into me and then it was like, maybe the fall. No, he's not ready. Maybe the spring. And I think he would have been ready this spring. You know, he would have done all right. Um, but it's given me more opportunities since all the tests and stuff are canceled to yeah. do things like with the pheasants the other day where I'm like, Oh, I, you know, I needed, I've learned a few more things. Like I've really, I've got to kind of air him out before I go. Cause otherwise he's, he's just <laughs> full of himself too much. You and burn that jet fuel off before yeah. you really get out there. So a little five or 10 minute exercise for him. And it makes a world of difference of how he performs out there. So, you know, it's, it's given me an opportunity to learn more and I feel like I'll have a better chance whenever we, whenever we do get to test, who knows when that's going to be hopefully in the fall maybe yeah. maybe the summer so assuming the tests come back online you're gonna yeah. you're definitely testing this fall yeah i mean i'm gonna be looking at whenever the tests come back on are are they even gonna test in the summer i haven't really looked last you i know. heard that's i think it's supposed to be opening back up in june obviously that could yeah. change depending on where you're at but uh, you know if i had to guess if I had to guess, I'd say in the next month or two, at least the test will yeah. start go- going it's, back up. It's going to be difficult because as about the time the tests come back on, I'm going to be going back to working at my office rather than teleworking. So I'm going to be much busier than what I am now. And I don't know that work's going to cooperate for me to, you know, disappear for a weekend uh, if I find something within four or five hours to go do it. So, well, you're just active duty Marines. You can just quit, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, right now with it being May and like I already said, hunting season's four or five months away. I know, I know I said that I was probably going to test Rachel this fall, but man, my mind is on hunting. It, yeah. it is. It, I could, I could still go test Rachel. I mean, I still might, but it's definitely not a priority. Lucy's nowhere near ready to uh, to 
the test. I mean, we just took out all the steadiness and then once this pointing situation, going to go right back to well. And yeah, I mean, you could at, at you could pace. steady her up in like a day if I had to. But then but, you'd be right back to where you were. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so there, there's no timeline for her if ever, honestly. But you got to test Rachel this year. I mean, you agreed to it in our January <laughs> episode, right? Yeah, and I mean, she's she's ready to go. Yeah, I might. It, yeah. No, it, not might. You said you would. <laughs> you yeah. got to do it. But I'm going to drag you with me. Well, I mean, hey, I'm not saying no, but my my brain is on hunting. Like I No, I got you. I don't I I'm always looking forward to hunting season every year, but this year, yep. I don't know if it's just the virus being stuck inside, not I I don't know, but my head is get to the fall. We're 4 or 5 yeah. months away. And I'm ready to get to the fall and get to hunting. Yeah. No, I hear you. And that's what we do all this for is to be able to hunt. So it's as much as we talk about testing and all that. I was talking to a guy today and I said, you know, the really for testing for me gives me a goal to work towards so that in the off season, I've got something to do with my dog. I mean, that's, that's yep. my current theory on it right now. Not that I've had a bunch of seasons under my belt of, you know, testing and all that, but well, uh, I, I that's was, a thought for me. I was talking to my buddy Noah the other day and we were just, just talking dogs. And it's like I told him and I've mentioned it to you, honestly, if I lived in a bird rich environment, you know, testing would not be as a high priority for me. Just, you know, that's what I'm in it for. And down here, there's just, you don't have that many wild birds. So you have to make do with what you can and supplement it. And especially during the off season, give you something to do. And it gives you objectives. For sure. But yeah, I mean, to be honest, if I lived up up in the Northwoods or, or the Dakotas or something with a lot of wild birds, you know, I'm not going to say that I wouldn't be testing at all, but it definitely would not be as high a priority for me. Yeah, just, I agree. And, and at the end of the day, it's, you know, we've talked about it navd is great it, it gives you great objectives and and something to shoot for but there's there's a lot of people in navda that you know and not just navda all organizations that that's what they do and they, they test and they trial but they they don't necessarily hunt that much you know they may a few times a year one big trip or something but they're just right. their priority is not hunting and and i don't care you know whatever gets you off the couch with your dog i'm all for it and I'm yeah not- and it, it gives the people it gives you know if you get uh let's just pick on german short hair since i have one if you get a german <laughs> short hair like i did with my first one i'm like that's a good looking dog and i want a hunting dog mm-hmm. and then you only do a trip once a year with it that dog's not happy. So it does give people the ability to, to do something with their dog during the off season. And yeah. And gives you goals to shoot for. Yeah, And if you're just going to do the one trip a yeah. year and then, and then and not do all these crazy weekend trips like we do, then whatever, <laughs> that's great. And you know, I mean, there's some people out there that they're just, their makeup is different. And what got them in the game is, you know, maybe they just enjoy the trial. They enjoy the competition. They enjoy the camaraderie yeah. around, you know, whatever training group they're in. It's a and, great and, environment. And, and it is great. And, yep. but you know, I, I'd be lying to you if, if I said I wouldn't replace it in a heartbeat for just a day in the grouse woods with my dog. Yeah. I'm, I'm torn either way. I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy being in the woods with my dog, just me and my dog. And yep. I enjoy hunting with other people. You know, I enjoy it all, but I'm, I think I'm 50, 50. I mean, I enjoy the, the training and everything as much as I enjoy 
hunting really yeah I'd say I'm 80 20. <laughs> 80 20. I think 20. I'm 50 50. We'll see yeah. this fall. What I mean, I don't get say. me wrong. I, I enjoy it. I mean, I'm, I'm out helping Tess. I'm volunteering. I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything. Like I'm in the NAVDA game. Yeah, you're it, committed. I'm committed and, and I have goals and, and you know, dreams, <laughs> whatever you want to call it to, to hit with my dogs on it. But, uh, at the end of the day, you know, if my dog, passes the invitational at navda great awesome but if it doesn't handle wild birds for me you know i'm gonna be like well i put more preference sure. on the wild birds than i do the yeah. the, the ribbon or certificate yeah, or whatever maybe i'm 60 40 <laughs> <laughs> but yep. speaking of uh so yeah this fall uh, <laughs> i'm thinking minnesota minnesota yeah joe what do you think about Minnesota? What's yeah. the first thing that comes Bring to Bring Joe mind? in here. Uh, the Vikings. <laughs> the Vikings. What what's that? Baseball? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's that's Joe for you. We're no, You don't you don't think of a bird species. You don't want to know how far of a drive it is. Uh Kirk Cousins. Wait, he's not even on the Vikings now, is he? <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> The quarterback, the, guys. This is the reason why we don't have Joe on the podcast very much. He's got a setter, and he enjoys the hunting. But honestly, he can go on these hunting trips, and he can be just as happy at the watering hole than he, than he can in the woods. Happy uh, wife, happy life, man. That's that's how I view it. If I'm going to drag Damn. her on these uh, hunting trips, I got to take one day where we actually just go out and you know see the town a little bit. And uh, you know, I think Joe and I. We kind of hunt at the same speed too. Like last fall, we kind of teamed up and hunted together quite a bit. And there were some times where all three of us were together and Nick's like beating through the brush and me and Joe were like, well, I'm taking the path, dude. That's why I've got a dog, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but Nick also put more birds in the bag than, than we did last year. So, yeah, I also know that, uh, my dog will disappear a couple of times though, and I'm going to have to go get it. Yeah, um, so I need to like make sure I hold up and uh, not walk too much because I'm gonna have to go here. <laughs> Save and your energy. Have to, yeah, I have to go walk back a hundred yards to track him down. The the best is when I hunt with uh, Joe. Like Kentucky comes to mind because me and him we're hunting a good bit together in Kentucky. Is Jack his setter? It's Joe will be. 40 50 yards to my right walking brush and everything and i'll be over here with with my dog and i'll just look up and jack's hunting with me and my dogs oh yeah <laughs> and i look up and i'm like joe where's jack i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like he's over here call him and he's just like jack and then he'll just go the other way and jack's still over here by me and i'm just like well i guess i got another dog to work for me same thing happened joe's or jack was a couple yards away from me and i can hear joe like jack jack and then i hear i hear jack's tone on his collar start beeping and i'm like joe don't shock him he's right here with me <laughs> he's, he's just all about teamwork yeah nick's over here just wants to do his own thing but jack knows that uh you got to have a team yep. to hunt these birds that's right and uh teamwork with the others but not joe <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to a vikings game and hunting something yeah man i'm i mean when i think minnesota i'm like all right well there's pheasants grouse woodcock um there's there's sharp tails up there sharp that, tails yeah i think that's a quota hunt up there and then there's even a spruce grouse uh something different to chase but yeah so but that might be like chasing rough grouse in tennessee like is there a bunch of them up there or is it like listed because there's two i don't know 
but it, that's just more research to do because originally yeah. we were planning on going back to Wisconsin and I, I don't know if it was a product of talking too much about it on here or with everybody else, but the <laughs> cabin that we were originally uh, going to go back to, we got filled up and, and we're like, well, you know, do we want to find another cabin or go check out a new place? And, you know, we've even, yeah, well, thanks to my friend Jimmy for taking that cabin. Yes. Yeah. Turns got- out they, they stayed in the same cabin. I think it was the week after you guys were there last year. So and then he took our week, and then the, yeah, then the other weeks were taken. So I'm and, hunting with Jimmy in West Virginia, and we're talking about Wisconsin. I'm like, yeah, I think we're going to go there. And he's like, yeah, we just we just rented our uh, our place to stay the other day. It's and he's describing it to me. And that sounds said, exactly yeah, that like sounds it. exactly like where we're going to go. You got a picture? <laughs> he shows me a picture. I said, yeah, that's the place. Yep. So I said, what week is that? <laughs> yeah. That's our week. So he beat us to it. Small, Thanks, Jimmy. Small world. It's not like he sniped it from us. It just right. freak accident. But yeah. yeah. So we were like, hey, you know, we can camp out again, especially, you know, if the wives aren't going this this year. We batted that around. And, and we still might. We've talked about, you know, hitting up Minnesota for the most part, but then maybe hit a couple of days in Wisconsin on the way back down. I got to pick up that Woodcock Mount on on at yeah. some point. So my only thing is, if you drop me in the woods in Minnesota, am I going to get out of the truck and go? Oh yeah, this is definitely not Wisconsin. This is <laughs> this is Minnesota. Yeah, like do you even know the difference? Right. Yeah, I, mean, I like the idea of just hunting a different state, but I don't know. Will there be a big difference? Well. I've hunted Wisconsin. I haven't hunted Minnesota. So, so I'll really let you know say. after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's only one way to say that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you know, go check out new areas, boundary waters, whatever. And and, and it does open up a, a few more species that, you know, we could, yep. we could chase. And I know that you're kind of one of those jack of all trade guys. You, you don't care quail, pheasant, grouse, whatever. You, you're happy to go do it. Not I am too, for the most yeah. part, but if, if you give me a choice, I'm in the grouse woods and uh, you know, I, that's, there's just something about the rough grouse and the woodcock that, that I'm about. So, you know, it's like, Hey, there's a field over there, CRP with pheasants, or you got some early success, successional over there. Which one are you gonna go to? I'll be waving by to you. I'll be heading to the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm like you said, I'm good either way. What do you think, Joe? Uh, where was the easiest to walk? I think <laughs> probably there was well, one time uh, last year where uh, Nick took Norm and I. Just like I think he just wanted to put the hurt on us because yep. we didn't see any birds and we just walked through the worst stuff. Those uh, spinonies were mad at you. Well, I. <laughs> I think grouse woods is definitely more hardcore than CRP. CRP can be rough, you know, high stepping through that stuff. But how many times do you fall when you're hunting pheasants in CRP? Like never. <laughs> I fall grouse hunting like once an hour. <laughs> so I think we're tr- starting to figure out why you guys don't like grouse hunting no, necessarily I, as much as the other one i like it but if we're talking about what's the easier walking i think it would be pheasant hunting not that it's easy but it's, yeah. i think it's easier than grouse hunting yeah i don't easier walking people not easier hunting it's just it's yeah. just easier walking and, i think so no briars we, smack you in the face when you're pheasant hunting so i'm wondering though like because i look at I know this is really going to throw a lot of people for a loop and you're going to have a lot of people yell, what is wrong with these people? Yeah. Or at least Nick. Uh, 
when I look at the the different species of birds that we hunt, you know, rough grouse and woodcock stand out to me. It gets me excited. Stuff like sharptails gets me excited. You know, random quail species one day that I'm going to get to chase gets me excited. But then you bring up pheasant and bob whites. Yeah, I'll go do it. I'll enjoy it. I'll have a good time. I'll have a blast. But it does not get me to the same excitement level as the others. And I'll, do you think it has anything to do with those are the birds that we use for training? Like, do you think that maybe the the romanticism of them kind of loses its luster? I for think me? it's because the management, generally speaking, for you know species like pheasant and quail, bobwhites, are affected on a yearly basis. By what crops are planted, what things are mowed, what things are not mowed, what fence lines are allowed to grow up. You know, there's more of a, it's a shorter cycle that we can see an impact on those birds. So it's a little bit closer to, I don't want to say they're easier affected by man because grouse and woodcock are too, but it takes seven to 15 years of doing a clear cut (laughs) and then you have the correct habitat for grouse yeah. and woodcock. So, so when you're hunting those species, you're not looking at freshly tilled ground. You're not looking at crops that were put in the ground six or eight months ago, uh, or that are now cut or whatever. But you know, there you just feel a little more distant because of that uh, yeah. habitat cycle. I, is that <laughs> is that the right word for it? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but it, I'm wondering because. I mean, I, I ultimately just flat out enjoy more being in the grouse woods, walking through the woods with my dogs. And so obviously the habitat, you know, that may be, play a big part. But I'm wondering if by always planting quail and pheasant and chucker, if if that's just kind of in my – had some mental effect on me to where it's just like, yeah, I'd rather go get these other birds that I don't plant in a field all all year long. I don't know. Adam, is it surprising that uh, Nick likes to do the um, the hunting that where he's like all alone in the woods and it's just <laughs> him and his dogs. He doesn't have to worry about anybody else uh, because, I mean, my first hunting was West Texas quail and then we do the uh, a pheasant hunt every, every year in South Dakota. So all those are more communal, I think. It's, I mean, if you're getting sucked by briars and you're huffing and puffing in the grouse woods, one, you want to be kind of quiet in the grouse woods. Whereas if you're just, you know, a pheasant hunt, especially in South Dakota, you're not going out there till 10 a.m. anyway. Um, to where it's just, you know, you're talking more, you're, you're having more stories. Where uh, I think Nick likes the peace and quiet of the grouse woods. Absolutely. It's an escape. Yeah. And I, I mean, I enjoy that too. I enjoy the peace and quiet and the solitude. But yeah, of course, Nick wants to be away from all other humans, right? <laughs> I want to be away from you guys right now. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, man. Nick wants to be away from everybody. <laughs> or maybe a nicer way to say it is you and I appreciate the the community and the camaraderie and walking through the field together and being able to stay up late because you're not going to go hunt pheasants till 10 <laughs> and sleeping in and Yeah. See, I'm, I, I'm of the opinion, man. I'd just put me in the woods with my dog, get done, have a good dinner, smoke a cigar or something, ha, have a drink of bourbon. I'm fine, just chilling by a fire, 
maybe reading a book or something. I know I sound like I'm 90 years old right now, but it's just it's peace and quiet, man. It's an escape. You ever see the movie I Am Legend with uh, Will Smith? <laughs> yeah. Everyone else watched that movie and they're like, oh my gosh, that seems terrible. Nick's watching that movie with Will Smith and just his dog and they're the last people on earth and he goes, that sounds pretty nice. <laughs> well, you take this virus. It's funny. I was, you know, when we were still going to the office and everybody was about to start teleworking and everything, people in the office are like, oh man, what are you going to do on the weekends now? I'm like, the same thing I do every weekend. Yeah. Like I've been living this lifestyle for, for a while now. Welcome. But, uh, I don't know. It's, that's just my preference, man. I like the peace and quiet. You know, I have to deal with people on a regular basis. Put me in the middle of the woods with nobody. <laughs> so I enjoy being out in, in the woods by myself, but I guess while I'm out there by myself with my dog, um, I'm, I'm kind of like telling the story in my mind of what I'm going to tell my hunting buddies around the fire that night. Like, or when we meet back up at the trucks, you know, I'm, I guess the guys I'm hunting with, even though I'm not right with them, I'm always thinking about them and like, how's this all going to play out when I recap it later. So Hmm. even though I, I cut loose and I, you know, I don't want to say get lost in the woods, but I, you know, I kind of let the habitat, control where i'm gonna go and i and i don't just plan a route and stick to it i enjoy all that but i'm always thinking about being able to share the experience with with someone else later as i'm doing it that thought never crosses never crosses your mind (laughs) no not at all i'm going through the woods i'm looking for birds and i'm either thinking all right so the habitat's changing over here that canopy looks good over here you know, I'm thinking about where's that bird and how am I going to cook it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's that, interesting because you always are excited to recap. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'll things get, that we all want to recap. Yeah, with each I'll other. get done and somebody will ask how the hunt was and I'll go on for, you know, an hour about a story that should really take 10 minutes. But, you know, it's while I'm out there, I, I don't really think about it. It's just, yeah. you know, I'll get completely lost in time and and just watch the dogs man it's honestly like the dogs dictate when i'm coming in and out of the woods it's like okay she's been going long enough look down they've run this many miles okay if i want her fresh tomorrow i'm gonna put her up swap dogs out and right back out and right back out there yeah and it's just may shoot into town or or the cabin for a quick lunch and it's when am i getting back out there yeah and you know it's oh man it's getting late i better get to bed so i can get back out there tomorrow and yeah i don't know it's every dog's different everybody's different i don't know but uh yeah so well i guess we better wrap this up so uh, nick can have some time to himself huh (laughs) i gotta start planning my my routes through the minnesota woods i guess figuring out where we're going i mean i know we've had a few people and listeners and and to be perfectly honest minnesota's killing it for us minnesota's our number one state every year every week and uh we've had a few people reach out and say you know come on up here and yeah we'll we'll meet up and hunt and and that's again back to the community thing that's that's fun for me to think like yeah we've had some interaction with people from the podcast whether it's helping them with some training tips or whatever it's nice to think about going and hunting with those people and developing friendships and i know you don't want to be friends with anybody but i do (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everybody can be friends with me. Just, you know, it, when we're out hunting, we're out there to hunt. Yep. No, I hear you. I, I want to hit it hard too, but. Uh. Well, it, it reminds me of just like dogs. You have, uh, you know, the 
the age-old debate driver or cooperation. Craig Koshik wrote an article, I think it was in Project Upland a little bit ago. He, he says hunters are the same way too. It's kind of like driver desire. And some people just have that drive to where they just want to get out there, hit the challenge, hit the bird, hit certain limits, yep. hit whatever objectives they have. And then some people are just out there for just the peace and enjoyment and the escape. And it's the, it's their, you know, haven and, and stuff like that. And it's, you know, I'm not sitting here, I'm not motivated by limits or mounts or, or anything like that. I'm out there for just the peace of mind and, and, yeah. the, and the environment and what we got in this. I, I want to see my dogs point rough grouse. I want to see them point. Sure. I want to see them point any bird, but yeah, you know, when we're making a trip to the Northwoods, you know, if, if, if we were wanting to go up there for just pheasant, I'd say, well, South Dakota is that, yeah. that way. Let's go that way. Let's but, go there. Yep. But yeah, I mean, it, we still have plenty of time to uh, explore and debate this, and hope hopefully we didn't bore everybody. On we just got to go somewhere where there's some good local breweries. Because <laughs> while you're out, that's Joe tearing up your brush pants. Me and Joe, <laughs> you know, mine will be halfway torn up, and then I'm going to I the think, brewery with Joe. I think it was like it was at least seventy five percent of the evenings in uh, Wisconsin that I'd be coming out of the woods at dark, and I'd be like, okay, now now what am I going to do for for dinner? What's everybody up to at the cabin? And I'd call Joe, and Joe's like, we're at the bar. <laughs> The Park Falls economy definitely took a hurting after uh, I didn't show up the next week. Yeah. Oh, I, I want to get my limit so I could go to the Northwood Separate Club. That's Man, where. Yeah, what was that bar that the locals all had like a little share and they were trying to get Park you to Falls buy- Gastro Pub? Yeah. They, and they were sitting there trying to have Joe buy in as part owner. <laughs> <laughs> He's been there for three days. Come on board, buddy. We need to stop by there when we pick up your mouth, by the way. <laughs> stop in, say hello. He's going to walk in. He'll be like Norm from Cheers. Joe! <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, guys, I hope we didn't bore you. We know we didn't hit on anything specific, and we just kind of had a little BS session and, and catching you up on what's going on here. We promise next week we're going to be back on track with uh, specific and actually intelligent uh, conversation that you may get something out of. Yeah. Yep. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us and our partners on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to contribute even more to the future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gundog It Yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again in a year. Go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want. If you're considering changing your dog's food soon, then be sure to check out Yukonuba Pro Performance. Their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance. They also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active. When looking at all the different food options, remember Yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance. 
Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.